Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Our guest on this week's game day segment is Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. First, a few of my thoughts to get his rolling, though. All is quiet at Fort Schembechler as we begin week two of camp. By that, I mean we haven't heard much from the coaches or players. That will change in the next few weeks as there will be more pressers and media availability with players. Anticipation grows for the opener, though. We just have to be patient. And before you know it, we will be previewing the opener with Middle Tennessee State. Until then, we are in speculation mode as we have been for the last eight months. My guest today says this should be Michigan's year. The Big Ten and national media gurus have picked us to make it to Indianapolis and the college football playoffs. It will not be easy, but as Orion Sang told me, it's just time for this team to start winning the big games, including that one with Ohio State. He's up next here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Us on our game day segment as we continue to rev it up for the upcoming season is Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Orion, it's been a while. Great to have you back on the show. Good to be back. Well, the last time you and I talked, it was basketball season, and of course the, the weeks and the months have rolled by, and here we are. One week of camp is in the books, and really not much news to talk about yet, is there? Uh, no, no, not much. We, we do talk to Jim Harbaugh tomorrow night, so maybe he'll have more for us. Uh, with the coordinators, I spoke to reporters last week, and then, then Friday we, we talked to a few of the players. So things are revving up. They're more than a week in camp now, so they just passed the one-week mark and they'll be here pretty shortly. The good news is nothing on the injury front to report yet. Right. As of now, the only one that they've really talked about is uh, Ambry Thomas, and it's a little, uh, we're not quite sure what's going on there, but it sounds like he's going to miss some time, and it sounds like he has missed some time so far. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Jim will have an update tomorrow. Um, but Don Brown did mention that in the last week. So Refresh our memories. What was the injury to, uh, to Ambry that's been holding him back? Oh, yeah. So they, they haven't really specified. They've just said there's something going on. Um, he, he might miss some time. He's been held out. So we'll see if they specify it, but they haven't really gone into full detail on that yet publicly. In the next couple of weeks, are you expecting more access to the players and maybe more press conferences from the coaching staff? Yeah, that, that's the expectation. Uh, there, there'll be three this week, and, and there's more going forward. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I forgot, I forgot off the top of my head uh, uh, what exactly they are, but th- there'll be more for sure. So there'll be more news leaking out uh and there'll be more stories for sure. Well, in his first four years as head coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh has seemed confident uh, in the preseason from media days right up until kickoff. That's not changed. But this year, I know most of us detected a change in tone starting with media days, and it's continued in whatever statements or interviews Jim has given. But he seems really confident in this team, doesn't he, Orion? Yeah, so I wasn't there in Chicago, but obviously I was paying attention um, from Ann Arbor, and I, and I noticed that he did say he really likes his team. And honestly, when you, when you look at Michigan on paper, I mean, it's hard to disagree. This this is a very talented team. They brought back 
uh, a lot of key pieces, especially on offense. Um, the, the roster shapes up really well. Uh, it's a pivotal year, obviously. I mean, Ohio State is still really talented. They they always recruit well, but they're they're untested in some areas. They're breaking in a new head coach, breaking in a new quarterback, and, and Michigan is, is really positioned well to contend for a Big Ten title this year. So I, I totally understand where Harbaugh is coming from. And as good as everyone thinks this Michigan team can be, and I think we all are on that same page, they should be very, very good. There still are questions. You know, most teams do have questions at this time of the year. But I think the one that most fans think about is, what exactly is this new offense going to look like? I mean, we've all seen tape of what Josh Gaddis as a co-coordinator at Alabama did and the type of offense they ran. And, of course, we got a little bit of a peek uh, during spring at whatever the offense or what we think the offense might be, but we're not really sure. So that really is a big question mark for most fans, isn't it? For me, that's a big question as well going into the season is is what will this offense look like? What can this offense do for this team? The, the defense, I think, still should be good, but they lost a lot of star power from last season and, and they have to replace a lot of key players. So I'm not sure if it'll be like the top three or top five unit that it has been before. Um, I think it's, it'll still be good. I think it'll be enough, um, but but I think this team will be largely defined by what this offense looks like. And as for what it will look like, the optimal offense for Michigan would be one that takes advantage of its best players, um, and the best players to me are the quarterback, Shea Patterson, and the receivers. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, both of whom had 600, above 600 receiving yards last year. Um, so that's obviously, in my mind, that's not enough. You have to feed those guys. Those guys should both be approaching 1,000 yards receiving. Um, they're talented enough to do that. They, they can do everything you ask the receiver to do. And, and they're not the only ones who are, who are good. You know, you, you have Tariq Black. You have Ronnie Bell who's been getting a lot of camp hype. You have uh, Mike Samus still, uh, who's just started the slot position. Cornelius Johnson even got some mention. Giles Jackson has gotten some mention. So Michigan's receiving core is, is really talented. I think the key is, is they can take advantage of that talent this year better than they did last year. One of the question marks, though, is, uh, of course, the, the running back situation. There is talent there. Uh, it looks like, at least uh, for right now, True Wilson is penciled in as the starter. Everyone else has mm-hmm. very little experience back there, Orion. Yeah, so, so I've gone back and forth on this in the, in the past. Um, I, I think coming out of spring, I was highlighting that as a potential area for concern. Um, I, now, I've, I guess you could say a flip-flop. I think they're going to be fine. I think that uh, in this offense and what it's been described to, to look like, I think they can they can get away with, with being inexperienced there. I think they have enough talent as a thing, um, and I think the scheme will, will work well with the, with the backs that they have. Um, Christian Turner looked like a good back uh, last year in flashes. Uh, he had that big run against Florida off, off the sweep. Um, called back, I think, for holding, but uh, he, he looked good there. Uh, Zach Charbonnet obviously is, is super talented. His high school film is nuts. Um, a, a back of that size with his ability to cut is, is uh, incredibly talented. Um, and then you have True Wilson, obviously. I think I, I think True Wilson is a little underrated. Um, part of that is probably because of his background and, and, his, and the history as a former walk-on. But True was really good last year. I think he averaged 5.9 yards per carry. Um, he was a really good pass protector. He did what they asked of him. And, and he worked on his speed uh, this past offseason, is, is what he told us Friday. So he wants to generate more explosive plays. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, but he's got a good base to build off of after last season. There's also the, the, the two other guys who, are in, to me, are intriguing because Hassan Haskins um, wasn't highly rated as a recruit, but his tape was, was solid, I thought. Uh, 
He was in the 2018 class, signed mm-hmm. out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have Ben Van Sumeren. Um, I mean, he's a big back. I, th- I think if you get a guy like that um, down in the red zone, goal-line situations, I think that could help the team. I think he, he uh, in high school, I think he set a state record for receiving as, as a senior. Um, so he's, he's athletic, and, and I'm kind of curious to see what he looks like as a running back. There are a lot of interesting names there that have been in the mix. We saw um, Van Sumeren in, in the spring game. He looked good there. We know what True can do. It's just that we haven't seen these guys yet. Talent's there, so let's wait and see how that develops. But under center, Shea Patterson, uh, he's the man. This is an offense that seems to be custom-made for him. Uh, he has to have a big year. I think one of the interesting things, though, that piqued fans' interest at media days with Jim mentioning that McCaffrey mm-hmm. needs to get more mm-hmm. minutes. And, you know, a lot of people uh, started emailing me, what, we're going to have a two-quarterback offense, a rotation? And I said, no, I don't think so. But it is interesting uh, and probably a good thing that he wants to get McCaffrey some more minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, obviously it's a sign of, of how far McCaffrey has come and, and how well he fits and of the progress that he's made um, as a player. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see, like like you mentioned, I don't think you're going to see a platoon system. I think Shea's going to be the guy. Um but I do think Dylan McCaffrey is, is too talented to just have him sit on the bench all year. Maybe they'll have, I don't know, special packages for him to take advantage of his wheels. Um, he, he's fast for a quarterback. Um, so, so we'll see. Uh, I'm curious to see what type of role they carve out for him. And Because uh, obviously in, in a game, especially a quarterback, you don't want to go away from the hot hand. And you don't want to take a guy out of his rhythm by, by substituting him out, especially a quarterback. Um, but But – I think there's some ways they can get Dylan McCaffrey involved that would not really mess with Shea and, and his rhythm. No, I agree with that. But I think what Jim was, was getting at in this type of an offense where we're going to, we think, see the quarterback running the football or have that option more this year. He, you're exposing him to more contact. He could get hurt. So it, you really do need someone else that's ready to go. You definitely do. Well, Josh Gaddis, we've heard him talk about how much talent he has to work with. And again, as we've just discussed, there's there's no argument there. He says at every position group, he feels very good. There, there are some questions, though. In the end, this unit, as a an offensive unit, has just an incredible amount of talent, doesn't it, overall? We've touched upon quarterback. We've touched upon wide receiver, tight ends. Gaddis mentioned that he thinks McCune and, and Nick Eubanks are the two best in the country. Uh, I think highly of McCune. He gets a lot of flack sometimes, but he's a very solid blocker. He trusted him a lot last year in tough blocking assignments. Uh, Nick Eubanks was a big play guy. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how many targets he gets because last year I think he had eight receptions for like 157 yards, and he had the highest yards per reception average. Um, so he's a big play weapon. And then um, mo- moving on to the offensive line, uh, they, they bring back four starters from a line that was very solid last year and took a huge step forward. Um, those guys are all upperclassmen. Um, they, they all know what, what their job is. They, they've already worked together as, as a line for full season, so they have that familiarity and comfort and chemistry with each other. So I think the line could be one of the strengths of this team for sure. With us on our game day segment this week as we uh, continue to get ready for the uh, opener against Middle Tennessee State in just a couple of weeks, he's Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball, Orion. Something we haven't worried about defense uh, the last couple of years. Of course, we lost a lot of talent to graduation and the NFL, but from listening to Don Brown, you would never know that. He is talking about this might be his fastest defense ever, <laughs> which is saying a lot. But in reality, do you think it's fair to expect them to uh, to take a bit of a step backwards this year? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's completely fair. Um, I mean, 
he can say that this is the fastest defense that he's had, but you just look at the 40 times that, that those guys ran this past April. I think Devin Bush ran like a 4-4. David Long ran a 4-4. Uh, Chase, Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary ran uh, four sixes. Um, that's going to be really hard to replace because that's all world speed for those guys, essentially, at those positions. Um, and they're all really talented, all really productive last year. Um, it, it's going to be hard for them to replace that Especially because I think when when you compare this to 2017, when they the last time the defense had to sort of reload was heading into the 2017 season, and they had to replace nine or ten starters, and, and back then it was a little different of a situation. I mean, they they recruited really well in 2016, so they had guys waiting in the wings. They had Rashawn Gary waiting. They had Devin Bush waiting. David Long, Levert Hill, well, those guys were all ready to step into the starting lineup and, and become stars. It's a little more different this year. They've got guys who have played. Um, guys who are experienced, but there's not quite that star power that's that's waiting in the wings. Um, so, so I think it, it would be fair to expect a little bit of a step back. Um, I'm curious to see how, how they mix up coverages, how they adjust to uh, getting torched uh, at Ohio State, the bowl game, because um, I think some teams are starting to, to find matchups last year that they really liked. And so I'm curious to see how Michigan and, and Don Brown adapt to that while breaking in a lot of new starters. So we'll see. Well, when you think about this defense, if you um, had to say what is the the biggest concern right now before the season starts, what would you say that is? Probably the biggest question mark is the secondary, it seems like right now. Um, They bring back two of five starters. I'm going to count Brandon Watson as a starter last season because Michigan used uh, a nickel so much. Um, And nowadays, basically, you have to have a nickel most of the time. So, so they lost two. They, they bring back two of five starters, and they brought back uh, Lavert Hill, and they bring back Josh Tellus. Both of them were very good and, and should have very good seasons. But otherwise, it's a little bit of a question mark at each of those other positions. You have Brad Hawkins is in the mix. He's supposedly played very well, but we haven't seen too much of him. You have guys like Jamaric Woods who are getting some hype. Daxton Hill's in the mix somewhere, and then obviously you have Ambry Thomas and his uh, undisclosed injury. You have uh, guys like uh, Jalen Kelly Powell who are who. Jalen Kelly Powell is interesting to me because he's bounced around before. I think they've moved him around a lot in secondary. I think he's settling in the cornerback now. So, so um, his on-field progression could could be hugely important for the secondary this year. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I would say the secondary for sure is the biggest question mark on the defense. And you did a piece in the uh, the free press uh, today, Monday on Dax Hill. We just talked about the, the names in the secondary. I think there's just a lot of talent there. Again, like so many other positions on this team, is just it's not battle tested yet. But it sounds like Dax Hill is really turning heads at camp, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, I think most people expected that just because of his all-world athleticism. Maybe I'd be leery of, of having really high expectations for a freshman safety, but Dax Hill um, isn't your typical. <laughs> Isn't your typical recruit? Um, those those numbers, those testing numbers that he put up, were were insane. I think he ran a four point three zero flat laser time forty. His shuttle time was really good. His overall testing score is really good. Um, he's the type of guy, and it's in a tape. The, the film backs up too. His, his athleticism, it, it all matches. So when you look at a guy like that, um, I, I think while well, he could play in the back end, he could play as a free safety. Maybe you even try him out in Viper. And then maybe if you can cover enough, you can try him down in nickel, you know, a guy with that speed, uh, able to keep up with fast receivers running across the middle of the field. There's a lot of things you can do with him. I think it just comes down to, one, how much will they want to put on his plate immediately, and, and two, how quickly is he able to acclimate to the college game. 
Well, in other areas, the uh, the kicking game, special teams, always a key. It's something we don't focus on a lot, but when something goes awry in a game, we sure notice it and say, hey, you know, why wasn't there emphasis on the kicking game? A lot of competition there overall, but this should be a strength of the team, Orion. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Will Hart was a very, very good puncher last year. Um, it improved greatly. They have Brad Robbins there as well, so there's going to be competition there, it seems like. At the returner spots, you have uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, as a punt returner, he brought one back last year against Nebraska, if I recall correctly. Ambry Thomas was, was electric as a kick returner. And then, obviously, at, at the kicker you have, kicker spot, you have a very interesting battle between Quinn Nordine and uh, Jake Moody. So, so to me, Jake Moody really caught on fire towards the end of the season, and, and he was really consistent. Uh, he set a program record against Indiana. I think he was 6-6. Six of six. Uh, but, but Quinn... Um, has also has a really good track record in the past. You know, when, when he's consistent, he is a legitimate weapon with his leg strength and, and his accuracy when he's on. So, so the big question there is, can Moody hold on, or or will no, uh, Quinn sort of gain his, his confidence and gain that consistency back and make this a huge battle? We'll see. What we know already is the Big Ten sure looks like it's going to be pretty darn good this year, especially in the East. I mean. Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, all ranked in the top 25. It's just going to be a flat-out war, isn't it, O'Brien? It will be. It's a tough schedule, but, um, I mean, at, at this point, it's you just have to, you have to go out and win, you know. It, it's a tough schedule, but it's a tough schedule always. These teams are always in the Big Ten East. You're not going to get away from them. Um, they do have Ohio State, Michigan State, and Notre Dame at home this year. I, I, I perceive those three games as their three hardest games, and they get them all at Michigan Stadium. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin, they both need to find new quarterbacks. Um, some question marks there. So, so, I mean, it sets up for Michigan. This this is the year when, when you look at everything considered. You look at the, the roster. You look, you look at the talent they brought back. Uh, Jim Harbaugh entering his fifth season. Um, and then you look around the rest of the league. Every team has question marks as well. There's no true dominant team. Uh, Michigan has what they need. Um, we'll see they're able to get the job done. Well, over in the West, uh, they might not have a great team, but Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, maybe even Purdue and Nebraska are all very competitive teams. Uh, it looks like it's uh, headed in the right direction over in the West, doesn't it? I think Nebraska's got a lot of hype. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm all aboard that train just yet. Yeah. I do think they have some really good pieces, but um, in terms of a foundation, there wasn't much there. I think He'll take a couple of recruiting classes for Scott Frost to replenish it, and, and he's recruiting well. If you look at if you look at his recruiting, he, he is recruiting well. He's adding some guys, but it's going to take a couple a uh, couple cycles, I think, to get things really going there. Um, Purdue, uh, he's Jeff Brom has recruited really well, um, but but it's all about if they can take that next step forward. You know, from from being a pest to being a contender. You know, that's that's often hard to do, um, and, and obviously you have teams like Wisconsin and Iowa who. who usually contend and have very solid pieces in place, too. Yeah, the, the, the West looks better this year. I would, I would expect it to be better than last year. Well, a lot of the preseason magazines have said this uh, about Michigan. When it comes to Ohio State, if it's not this year that Michigan beats them, when will it be? And I think most fans are, are asking that question, too, aren't they, O'Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question to ask. Urban Meyer is gone. Ohio State, uh, they, they have a new quarterback. They, they do have a lot of talent, as I mentioned, but they have to break in that young talent. Um, some of those four and five stars that have been sitting on the bench, they're going to get a chance to shine, and they're mostly unproven. Um, it really is setting up for, for this to be the year. You know, like if, if it doesn't happen this year, then I don't know what it would take. 
Um, so, so we'll see. Like that, that that's the storyline. Is, is Michigan has what it takes to get it done. So we'll, we'll see if they can. Well, final question for you. Um, it's, it's another one that I get from fans, it seems, almost every day. I'm sure you get this too. Uh, is this a make it? or break it year for the Jim Harbaugh era, in your opinion? I guess it depends on your interpretation of that question. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, I don't think he'd be on a hot seat. Like, if they don't win the Big Ten this year to lose Ohio State, I don't think he's on a hot seat or anything. I think what he's done for his program, um, he, he's improved it. Uh, he, he sort of revived it. it. It's a lot healthier than it was when he first got here. Um, he is a huge, successful coach. Um, but I do think it would be a blow in terms of Michigan's standing as a program um like like all the pieces are there Ohio State had a lot of transition um if Michigan can't make the playoffs this year um I'm, I'm really not sure what it would take you know that that's that's how I would answer the question it's just like you know if they can't get it done um when is it going to happen you know like they'd still Michigan would still be in a very solid position as a program I think right now squarely they're in that 5 to 12 5 to 15 range um, and that's a really good spot to be in. A lot of programs would, would kill to be in that spot. But I think people expect more. Um, so we'll see if they can deliver on that. As you mentioned, Jim has done a lot to revive the program, to get it back to, I think, elite status. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. The only thing mm-hmm. left to do, the big thing left to do, is beat Ohio State. That that would be the thing that maybe gets this program over the hump for a long time. Yep. We have a lot of questions that we're just not going to get answers to for a, a couple of weeks, but uh, it's it's fun to look ahead, and it's been fun having uh, our guest on today, Ryan Sang from uh, the Detroit Free Press. And once the season gets rolling, Ryan, we, uh, we'll get you back here, and uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about then, won't we? Yeah, sounds good to me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, no injury news out of camp as of this morning. We'll be hearing more from Jim Harbaugh and his staff in the coming days, but he rarely discusses the injury situation. Next week, my scheduled guest will be editor John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. It will be our final preview show, as game week will be right around the corner. If you're like me, we've been previewing, speculating, and pondering this coming season for almost eight months. We're ready to tee it up. With the season right around the corner, make sure you have our free show app. It is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us weekly on Radio.com, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Don't forget to join me next week as John Borton from the Wolverine magazine, Our Bible, will be with us on our final preview show before the opener. Until we meet again, take care, and as always... Go Blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!